Hi guys, and welcome to Hauntedology. I'm your host, Megan, and I cannot wait to dive into this next episode. It is my belief that every city has a story to tell, and it's our job to listen. So let's see what this special city has to tell us today. When people say Savannah is a city built upon her own dead, they mean it. But it's only half true because Savannah is not just built upon the bones of those who helped settle her here, the colonists that came over from England to make a better life and settle in somewhere that they could have freedoms they couldn't have in England. It's not just those people. It's the people that were here before them that helped them build Savannah. But yet, we've pretty much erased from the map. It's the Yamakal Indians. They had hundreds of years of ancestors buried where our shopping centers are. And we just kind of bulldozed over it. And a lot of people, especially those of that descent, believe that that could be the cause of some of the hauntings, actually. You see, the Yamakra believed the spirits of their ancestors remained in the bones, and this belief was manifested in the form of burials in branches of trees, and, like, the flesh would be picked clean, and their bones left behind, like, along with some aspect or some form of lingering presence of the spirit within the bones. Some people know this, many do not, but Savannah is actually built right on top of an American Indian burial ground where members of the tribe buried their dead for hundreds of years. Along with this, the settlers of Savannah created a very large cemetery, but as time went on and the city expanded, the cemetery shrunk. The current cemetery is only a fraction of the size it used to be. Um, I did some reading and I found where a lot of people would say that like the trees have legs because on rare occasions old bones would actually come up from the ground when the trees grew. And this is why Savannah is known as a city built upon her own dead. Many cultures believe that when graves are disturbed or desecrated, the people buried there will not remain at rest. And a lot of this is why people think Savannah is so haunted. Throughout the historic district, we know the location of many of these burial grounds, such as Calhoun Square, for example. But then there are also thousands of unmarked graves and six burial grounds beneath Savannah. Thousands of graves lie under most of Savannah's historic buildings, squares, and parks, including two Indian burial mounds. The largest of these was built in what later became the trustees garden a place i had actually been myself and looked at it's located like right beside the pirate's house which is another place full of stories we'll just leave it at that another unmarked grave was or is located under the parking lot of the board of education building near chapua square 
These Native American burial mounds were sacred to the Yamacraw, and their desecration by the English could well have disturbed the spirits that haunted the bluff. Or at least that's what they believe. Another reason for a bunch of unmarked graves in Savannah is, if you think back, this is a time where, like, you didn't have to be buried in a cemetery, okay? So, little Johnny's at home, he dies the flu. Well, we get little Johnny, like, a coffin or casket, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, we dig a hole, we bury little Johnny, and, you know, we say our respects, and little Johnny's in the backyard forever. That's how it went. Nobody thought anything of it. But the thing is, though, like, how many people did you bury in your backyard? Number one. Number two, what if I want to buy a home down there and put in a pool? And, like, I start digging up my pool and, well, here's your entire family tree buried in my backyard. Like, I don't really know if I could live in that house after that. Maybe I'm just superstitious. I don't know. But for years, people would do this. And it was allowed legally and socially. It was all allowed and accepted. And these graves, now they're long forgotten. They're unmarked. We don't know where they are. All we know for certain is that they're still through the historic district in Savannah. And honestly, there really is no telling how many infrastructures we have unknowingly built upon someone's final resting place. Our story begins in 1728. Under the leadership of the Indian chief Tomochichi, the Yamacross settled near 35-foot high bluff overhanging the Savannah River. And this bluff had actually been the resting place of their ancestors for hundreds of years. And the Yamacraw believed the spirits of their ancestors remained with the bones. So... Perhaps the most notable desecration is that of the chief Tomochichi's grave himself. Maybe because we know where his is and what is there now. Or maybe just because of his status as a chief. But regardless, this is the desecration that seems to be the most talked about. Chief Tomochichi's story actually is going to begin with his death on October 5th, 1739. Tomochichi died after suffering from a serious illness. And James Oglethorpe wouldn't learn of his death until he returned from a diplomatic trip to the lower creek town of Coeta. And when he found out upon arrival, Oglethorpe actually decided to hold a military funeral to honor Tomochichi because of the chief's help in establishing the colony of Georgia. The Yamacraw chief had expressed a desire actually to be buried in the town he helped create. He was very proud of what he and Oglethorpe had built and what they had accomplished together. And he wanted to be buried there. So, upon his wishes, Oglethorpe had him buried in what is now Wright Square. And his grave was marked with a pyramid of stone. Today, though, a monument to William Washington Gordon stands in the center of Wright Square. So what happened to Tomochichi's grave in the Pyramid of Stone? Oglethorpe ordered it to be erected in his honor, and it is gone. 
If you go to right square today, you're literally, you literally will only see a huge, tall monument built to William Washington Gordon. Literally. Like, I have pictures of it. So, again, what happened to the grave? According to GeorgiaHistory.org, Dr. Robin B. Williams, chairman of the Architectural History Department at the Savannah College of Art and Design, compared historical maps and images of Savannah to demonstrate the changes in Tomochichi's burial place. In the painting that made up this ni- the 1757 map, Tomochichi's grave is depicted in right square, and at the time of his death, Oglethorpe ordered a monument to be placed to honor his friend and ally. In reports, the monument was translated as a pyramid of stone. However, by the 1830s, the pyramid of stone was no longer in right square. In the famous painting, View of Savannah, painted around 1837, it depicts the view of Savannah from the city exchange on Bay Street looking down on Bull Street. In the painting, there is no monument or pyramid of stone in right square. It's unknown what happened to the monument between the creation of the two references that we are using, and perhaps the memory of Tomochichi's burial was simply forgotten by the citizens of Savannah, or perhaps the memorial was purposefully removed due to changing relationships with Native Americans, especially after the American Revolution. But we're really never going to know, And for a while, it seemed like this was going to go unnoticed until a biography came out about the chief. What was almost all but forgotten actually resurfaced in the late 1800s when a biography about the chief was published. The biography actually caused the public to once again recall the role that Tomochichi played in establishing the young colony of Georgia. A few years later, a series of mounds actually would appear in some of Savannah's squares, including Wright Square. However, unlike what you might be thinking, these mounds were not meant to be a monument to him or to anyone else for that matter. It's believed that the city placed these decorative mounds in the center of the squares to prevent streetcar tracks from being laid through the squares on Bull Street. In 1883, the mound at the center of Wright Square was removed and the William Washington Gordon Monument was erected by the Central of Georgia Railroad. The resurgence of interest in Tomochichi by this monument being placed caused some resistance to the new monument And one guy actually wrote a letter to the editor and referenced the biography of Tomochichi by Charles C. Jones Jr. and stated that Tomochichi was buried in Wright Square. And it was in his opinion that the city of Savannah should instead erect memorials to General Oglethorpe and Tomochichi in Wright Square. Now later, Gordon's daughter-in-law, Nellie Kinsey Gordon, later advocated for a monument to Tomochichi to be erected in Wright Square. So, on April 21, 1899, the Tomochichi Monument 
A granite boulder was dedicated by the Georgia Society of the Colonial Dames of America, and the boulder can actually still be seen in the southeast corner of Wright Square today, along with the copper plaque commemorating Tomochichi. However, we still have no idea where his original monument and burial place is actually located, like the accurate placement within the square we do not know, even to this day. And as far as Indian burial grounds go, that's really all I could find because it's not really that much of a talked about topic. Unmarked graves, that's another story. If you've walked around Savannah and the historic district or gone on a ghost tour or been shopping down there, basically anything, there's a pretty good chance you have walked over some unmarked graves. When Savannah was a much smaller city, you would simply, as I mentioned earlier, bury your family members in the backyard or in a burial plot outside of the city limits. Well, as Savannah grew, most of these graveyards were simply paved over and forgotten about. Paranormal experts say that desecration of a grave can result in a haunting, but what if that person died peacefully? Like, what if it was hundreds of years after the person's passing? Like, you're going to tell me that they're going to come back just because you messed with their grave? If I'm happily, like, enjoying my afterlife, I'm not going to waste my time to come back and make weird sounds and run around the streets just because you paved over my grave. Like, okay, cool. Whatever. You paved over my grave, but I'm, like, living it up in the afterlife, and I'm not going to come back just to haunt you for that. That's my opinion. However, there are some instances where I think more credit is definitely due, because if these people were, like, if they died of a horrible death, like, from an illness or in a war, like, they had something happen to them that should not have happened to them, like... I don't know if it was me I'd be pretty pissed and like I mean these things happen but like let me explain like example one if you look in Savannah you will find a mini monument to the Jewish burial ground set aside by General Oglethorpe the founder of Savannah it is located between the eastbound lane and westbound lane of Oglethorpe Avenue you are that right the burial ground is between the lanes of a heavily trafficked road And, of course, you know, the road covers this burial ground was set aside for the first Jewish burials, and it's said that there are still three bodies buried in the grassy area. So, like, what did these three do so wrong? Like, if you moved my people and left me, I'd haunt your butt for leaving me alone. Yeah, I would be ticked. I may not know the other two skeletons sitting beside me. Like, what if I didn't know them? I mean, it could, it could very well be like my, my two best friends or my closest family members and then it might be okay. But what if I didn't know them? No, I would be ticked. I would come back. Mm -mm. Example two. This actually happened a lot and we talk about it a, a lot more in the Savannah and the Yellow Fever episode, but there were Cases where individuals were buried alive because of the yellow fever outbreaks. They had a way of making breathing very shallow and making a person look dead when they were just comatose. 
And without the proper medicine like we have today, they just thought they were dead. And many times victims would awaken like after being buried only to die like one of the worst deaths imaginable. Like if that was me, I'd be pretty pissed. I mean, like that would warrant a haunting. And then think about like the battles fought in Savannah. The wounded were sometimes buried with the dead. Like, I mean, think about it. Like, if if somebody's wounded so badly that you can't tell, like back in those days, and you just had a mass grave and you were kind of like sweeping the dead in there, what if my wounded behind got swept in there with the dead? Like, no. Can you imagine? No, I just can't. I can't even like think about it. Really, like, no. Ugh, gross. I would definitely come back and make sure your life was miserable. I would not be like a Casper-type ghost. I would be pissed. I would be like the ghost that didn't need to sleep and just kind of like sat on your bed all night and was like, hey, I know you got to work tomorrow, but you need to wake up. Let's talk. And then the whole rest of the day, you were like dragging and terribly tired. And then we'd do it again the next night. Like, that's, that's me. That's the ghost I would be. But, you know, I definitely have to, I have to wonder, like, is it going to bother the person if they died peacefully and you paved over their grave? Probably not. The only thing, I don't know. I don't really believe in this stuff anyways, but it's a really good story. But this would happen a lot of times, though. The being buried alive with the dead or buried alive in a casket and, you know, dying of lack of oxygen. It happened. But there's also a murder that was kind of glossed over because nobody really knew about it until later on. But I believe that if I was this guy, I probably would have come back too. And that's exactly what I'm going to tell you about next. So we've talked about burial grounds and sacred bones and people burying their loved ones in their backyards or in the city limits or graveyards that have kind of shrunken with time and you know people being buried alive with wars or yellow fever things like that but do you think a murder would warrant a haunting even an accidental one out of self-defense see i've only ever heard the story once but it's about a wealthy irish widow named honoria folly she set out to build the first bed and breakfast in the area, and it was constructed in 1896. Miss Folly actually saw great success with her inn and remained there until her passing. When the Folly house was undergoing renovation a century later, skeletal remains were found hidden behind a wall. The remains have never been identified but it is believed that they belong to a boarder who mysteriously disappeared during the late 1800s. According to local lore, Miss Folly was nearly strangled by a boarder and in a panic to free herself, she grabbed a candlestick and bashed the man over the head, 
Fearing that she would spend the rest of her days in prison, Miss Folly persuaded another tenant to help her hide the body, and in return, she wouldn't charge him rent. Supposedly, Miss Folly confessed to the misdeed on her deathbed, but never really revealed where she had hid the body. The discovery and the removal of the skeleton has triggered a haunting in Folly House, apparently. The staff have seen a male phantom walking in a top hat through the gardens at night, and there have been reports of like strange noises, unexpected bursts of air that startle guests. They actually ended up nicknaming him Wally. And, you know, I guess no pun intended there, right? But the wrath has shown no signs of checking out anytime soon. So, I'm kind of thinking that he's, he's still pretty ticked. But, I mean, like, he deserved it if he was going to try and, like, strangle her. I don't know. Savannah has a lot of... <sighs> hidden stories and misdeeds and things that are done for the right reason that still managed to go wrong and that's what a lot of the early days saw but I guess that's why it's so haunted things just happen and sometimes somebody gets bashed over the head with a candlestick Think your city is haunted? Do you think your city is haunted? Well, if you do, hit me up at Hauntedology on Instagram or Twitter. Send me a DM or a comment or whatever, letting me know that you think your city has a story or stories worthy enough to make it onto Hauntedology. Thank you guys so much for listening to Hauntedology. Another great episode is coming your way soon. And I cannot thank you enough. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach out on Twitter at Hauntedology or at Megan Noel underscore fit. M-E-G-A-N-N-O-E-L underscore fit. Or on Instagram at Hauntedology or at Megs underscore Noel, N-E-G-G-S underscore N-O-E-L. Thank you guys so much. Hauntedology is written and edited by me. Thank you guys so much. <laughs>